0: praise the lord well i will say quickly and try to be super brief but uh he since he asked me to say it i think i have mentioned it i think it was the last time we were here at uh um but basically we have we have been in contact with the owners of property around our church and uh As far as I know, they're still talking about uh, what we can do as far as getting more property to surround our church so that we don't have any more issues with the county. And uh, not only that, I was thinking the other day how wonderful it is that God has given us such uh, favor with the county people. And uh, you know, they, they they could have caused us all kinds of problems. But God has stepped in and God has given us favor with those people. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful for what God's doing in Lynn Valley. And uh, yes, we're fighting a lot of things. And uh, yes, we're having a good time. We're having church. And I'm watching people's lives change and uh, watching new folks come. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. And I'm thankful we're actually going to be going into revival the first week of the month. It's coming Moot month, and I've been praying about, so if you needed to add one more thing to your prayer list, just pray for us. <laughs> that when revival comes, God will send a mighty, a mighty flow of souls. Amen. Um, you can be seated for just a second. Um, I, standing over there thinking, he's talking about us guys that came out from under him. And that is a testimony to his legacy, I guess. We could put it that way. But he's pointing at us tonight when, in fact, tonight we should be celebrating this man. Amen. I, I wanted to do this before I got into the Word of God, even. Uh, I've been thinking about what I was going to say. and I, I love Pastor Riggin with all my heart. And I will say before everybody in this church building tonight, I would die for this man because of what he has done in my life. And I'm not the only one that he is invested in. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. And, uh, you know, he mentioned already the past year was, was a crazy year. And I'm thankful that God is still moving in our midst. Amen. And I'm thankful that God is still blessing. And I'm thankful also that revival is still in the air. Amen. It has not gone from us. And as I begin to pray and study for this message tonight, I began to think over the years. And also think of what God's been dealing with me about over the last few weeks and I uh, began to think about all of those Saturdays. All of those Saturdays. Well, the Merriman, those were priceless, man. Well, it's six, 5 30, 6 o'clock in the morning, the bishop would ask us to be here. And we didn't come and we didn't joke around, we didn't talk for hours, except for the fact that we were talking to God. I remember, and it was like 530 before I made it, and I had left straight from here to there. And those days, and you're going to have to forgive me because I will get emotional here. Those days and those hours of praying alongside my pastor meant more to me than anything in this world. That this man was taking me, and he was He wasn't sitting me down and teaching me per se, but he was showing me the importance of prayer and what prayer could really do. We were facing some things in those times, and we were up against some walls that I believe began to crumble as a result of the prayer that went on. And I can't tell you enough. I can't thank Pastor Riggin enough. Maybe I should say it that way. For taking the time and inviting me to that place. He could have been here all by himself doing that. But he called me. And he said, I would like for you to be there tomorrow. And he called my brother and Brother Merriman. And we met here. And the hours and the times that he showed me how to do battle in the spirit. And to get a hold of God. And showing me what that power was all about. I have to say to you, church, tonight, do you realize that's why you are what you are today? Because behind closed doors at his house, hours into the night, this man is on his face. Cry out to God for each and every one of you and still me today. That's more, that's worth more than money can buy. You could go take out every penny in your savings account and you could not repay this man enough for the things that he has done and invested into your life. Amen. Before she sits down. I've witnessed it firsthand. And I get to feeling guilty because I'm sitting there and she's not. Amen. And it just... I love her so much. And, and Pastor Riggin. I want you to know we have a jewel. We have a jewel of great price. And I don't want to ever throw it away. I don't want to ever take it for granted. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you could stand with me this evening. Ezekiel chapter number 30, 47. I'm sorry. Ezekiel 47. We're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump down to verse 7. Amen. I will tell you, I I don't know if he could tell that day when he asked me to preach the anniversary service. I sat for a second. I was like, did I just hear what he said? (laughs) Did did he really mean what he just said? And uh, so... I told him I'd be more than happy to. It'd be a great honor. And it is an honor here tonight for me to be able to preach this service. And uh, I pray that God can use me to be a blessing this evening. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump down to verse 7. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east. And the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And jumping down to verse 7. And now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. They weren't there before. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters were healed. Can you say that? Because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live everything shall live Whither the river cometh amen praise god can we lay our bibles down and let's talk to the lord for just a moment let's get our minds upon the holy ghost tonight lord we love you jesus god i thank you for the opportunity to be here I pray your spirit overshadow this house right now. God, that your Holy Spirit, God, would revelation revelation. God, God, I pray today you would anoint these lips of pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray today, God, that you would move into our midst today. Allow your spirit to have recourse in this house tonight, Lord. Oh, we want to hear your voice, oh God. We want to hear your voice, oh God. And in the name of Jesus, we pray, Hallelujah Jesus Hallelujah Jesus Oh let's worship the Lord in this house tonight Lord we love you today God Oh we magnify you Jesus Oh you're a holy savior You're a holy savior You're a holy savior Thank you for your goodness tonight Jesus Praise God. You can be seated to see. Bear with me for just a few moments while I build a foundation. We're going to go somewhere tonight. If you'll ride with me, I'm going to try not to take a lot of your time. Amen. But we read here in in our text <clears throat> a passage where Ezekiel is taken in a vision and uh he sees water flowing from the threshold of the church Therein there and find that they always referred to the temple as the house of the lord amen it's important because this is where he dwelt this is where his this is where he abode if you will amen and so if you're going to if you can allow me to do this uh, let me preface this whole message tonight this is not an interpretation of this passage all right I'm making an application to, what this, to this passage of Scripture this evening. Amen. There, there's a couple of different ways you can look at the Scripture. Amen. And I'm going to pull an application tonight. Amen. I, I think that it could apply to each and every one of us. Amen. This is what God's been working on my heart about. I've, I've taught some of this to my church, but not all of what I have put together for tonight. Amen. But he noted that the source of the water began at the threshold of the house of God. And that the water began to flow from the threshold eastward out the east gate. But one thing that he mentioned in verse 1, and that was at the end, and he said, It flowed, the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. The source, you, you have to understand tonight, was God, all right? God was the source of this water that began to flow from the temple. However, there was one thing it had to go by before it made it out the gate. And that was the altar. That was the altar. Amen. You've got to understand that there is a river of life flowing today. And the source of that river is Jesus Christ are you with me tonight hallelujah the source of the river is Jesus Christ amen and I don't believe for an instant that the word of God ever has anything in there by accident everything that is stated was stated by ordinance of God or made it past the altar before we find that it began to get any depth to it you follow me tonight it was after it passed the altar that we see the man coming with the line. And he began to measure out, a man, And we can go to Ezekiel 47 verse 3. It says, and when the man that had the line in his hand, amen. You understand Verse 2 is where we stop tonight. And it said, Then brought he me out of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the other gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. All right. Verse 2, verse 3 follows. And so we're still talking about the same water that began to issue from the threshold of the house of God and has gone past the altar and now in verse 3 we find the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward and he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to my ankles and verse 4 he said and again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters the waters were to my knees now and afterward, verse 5, he measured another thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the water. There's something that I want to point out before I move on here tonight. Uh, amen. The, the the thing that I, I've already stated was the fact that the water that was flowing from the threshold had to first go past the altar. Amen. And I, I am going to make some speculation here. The scripture don't say this. Uh, but I'm going to say, according to what I read here in the scripture, we don't find any depth coming to that water. Until it passes that altar. And we begin to see. And I'm going to make this assumption tonight. That it is the altar. That regulates how much. The Lord allows to flow. Asus. Next thing you're gonna be able to see is what what Ezekiel began to see here as he began to measure out. I began to look, I said, what is a 1,000 cubits? From what I could gather on on the internet, all right? Amen, I began to look around and what I could see, they said a 1,000 cubits is roughly 500 yards, amen? So he measured out 500 yards, and this is, I'm assuming, from the gate of the temple, and he measures out 500 yards five football fields, and there's water. The water's deep enough to cover his ankles now. Measures another 500 yards out, and now it's up to his knees. Measures another 500 yards, and now it's up to his loins. And then he measures out another 500 yards. So here we are about 2,000 yards away from the temple gate. And this is a river that cannot be passed over. It is a river that only you can swim in. It is it is uncontainable. And you, you, you have to understand, from my mindset, uh, I begin to think that's a massive amount of water in just a short span. Uh, amen. And I begin to think, uh, you know what? When I begin to pray, uh, and I begin to seek the face of God, uh, I begin to realize that I have access to the source of the water. And Jesus tells us in the scripture, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Let me slow down here for a second. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Amen. Praise God. Amen. About 2,000 yards. I'm going to back up because I'm way ahead of myself. Amen. But I'm going somewhere here tonight. So just ride with me. Amen. But knowing the two things that we just talked about, the fact that it began at the threshold and it had to go past the altar. Amen. And that when I realized that it made it past the altar, then we begin to see where the depth begins to come. Amen. Uh, Second Chronicles tells us uh, that if my people, which are called, he said, I will heal their land. Amen. That's important for where we're going here. Amen. The flow of the water is regulated by the altar the flow of the, the living water is regulated by the altar. Hallelujah. We don't have to simply rely on a priest to, to, to sacrifice an animal on an altar anymore because the ultimate altar was the cross and the perfect lamb was slain upon that ultimate altar. Amen. And now we have access through the cross the, 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 the living water that Jesus was talking about. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter number one, verse 18 tells us this, that, that for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Amen. So where are you going with this tonight? Let's ride with me for a minute, all right? Amen. The cross, the cross is the ultimate altar. Amen. That we have access to the living water. The source hung upon that cross. The water is flowing from him day and night. Amen. And we have access to it because of the cross. We have celebrated the death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. And I'm here again tonight to to preach unto you the cross and him crucified. Amen. Because that's where we're going to find the source of our strength uh, and the source of our power. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, uh, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Uh, for it is written, I will destroy uh, the wisdom of the wise, uh, and I will bring to nothing uh, the understanding of the prudent. Uh, where is the wise? Paul said, uh, where is the scribe? Uh, where is the disputer of the world? Uh, Have not God made the foolishness foolishness? made foolish the wisdom of this world. Verse 21, for after the wisdom of God of this world, but to those of us that are filled with the Holy Ghost, it is power to us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It pleased God. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. It's through the preached word of God that we get and I have gotten through this man throughout all my years of being in this church. Amen. It's through the preaching and through the time. Amen. You know, can I say it this way? Preaching doesn't just happen right here behind this pulpit. Uh, Preaching doesn't just happen when we get a mic in our hand and begin to scream and holler and get red in the face. But preaching happens on a daily basis. I've watched this man on a regular basis. I am privileged to have had a bit of a closer relationship with him than most anybody that I know. But I know that this man is the same man when he's sitting on his, in his recliner at home as he is when he's behind this pulpit. And to me, that preaches more volumes than it can any message that he could preach behind this pulpit. To know that he is there and that he loves me and he's praying for me and it's not just lip service coming across the PA system. When he begins to preach to me about prayer and the power that comes from a praying people, I realize he's not just preaching from his head, but he's preaching from his heart. Because I know that he has been on his face for hours practicing what he's preached. Not only that, but he's taking time to instill in some young men. I'm still young, I'm only 31 years old. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I'm still thankful to a man of God that didn't just keep what he had to himself, but he said, You come and you meet with-. Hallelujah. I was privileged the other night, amen, to be able to help try to figure out what's going on with the uh with the with the live stream. And uh, Brother Josh was out of town. And I, I was able to log in from home. And I was listening and making adjustments. And amen. I, I was able to listen through the whole service. Uh, amen. And I began to listen to his heartbeat again. Uh, as he began to talk about how revival comes through prayer. And he began to talk about uh, how we need to apply ourselves uh, in a mighty way to prayer. Hallelujah. I'm not even on my notes right now. Hey amen, I just got to follow what I feel. I remember sitting, I remember him telling me time and time again, and he said over this pulpit, uh, time that that he was in a place uh, in the United States, uh, amen, pastoring or trying to pastor, should I say. Uh, and he said he was, they were in a business meeting, I'm assuming, uh, and this man came down and he said, Preacher, let's settle this like a man right here and right now. And his response it's the same response I've always heard him say and he reaches out to the church and he said church let's pray and he began to say and the bishop told us he said and that man got, got so angry and he began to try to slander him but all he could say was all you ever know how to do is pray and you know what To me, that's not slander. To me, that's power. Because when a people begin to pray, there is no telling what God will begin to do in the midst of that praying people. Hallelujah. I've been teaching our folks, and this is a while back, but uh, about two weeks ago, Sister Renee actually re- was reaching out to me. And she said, Pastor, I- I'd like to get a hold of that entire series of the bishop teaching on prayer. First of all, and... Uh, There's a lot of broken links on the website, and so I. I Then when we had a powerful move of God, uh, there was a Sunday morning that we we sang about half a song. I think in the middle of that song, Uh, the Holy Ghost swept in uh, because this church had been praying in such a mighty way. Uh, The power of God said, "You know what? I'm just going to meet with you this morning." There couldn't be any preaching that morning. All we could do is weep uh, and to cry and to and to and to let the Holy Ghost have His way because of prayer. And I was sitting there that morning, that, that evening in my bed. I, I was laying there, actually. And I be, he began to preach. I began to listen to the first one. And I began to hear the wails of the church rise in that message. And I'm telling you, I couldn't sit there very long before I was in my couch crying out to God my kids weren't in bed I wouldn't shut all their doors I didn't want to wake them up but I shut all their doors and I fell on my face I don't know how long I spent there in prayer saying God I've got to get back to what we had that day I want to see a glory fall in our midst in Lynn Valley I want to see revival like you have promised but I began to realize as he preached he began to say we have without the prayer of the saint Hallelujah. 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 And as I began to pray that night, this message began to fall in my mind, and I began to think uh, as I had been studying Ezekiel 47 for a while now, uh, and I've been asking God, show me uh, where this applies to us right now. And I began to study and I began to realize, uh, you know what, there is a source uh, that is flowing uh, in every single church uh, that is teaching the truth. Uh, but I'm telling you today, uh, we begin to relic- regulate uh, how that water begins to flow to the world that's around us. Uh, we begin to determine how they are satisfied with an old taste. I want it right now. I want to be able to taste of it again tonight. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Preaching of the cross. Jesus, Jesus exemplified what it meant to go to a cross. He exemplified what it meant to go to a true altar and to die out completely and totally. He was the ultimate sacrifice, I understand. He had to do it for mankind to be saved. I understand, but you have to understand. He didn't just do it just because it had to be done. But he was also showing us a precedent. He wanted us to understand: if you really want the will of God to be done, like I, like He wants it to be done, you've got to sacrifice everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, how do we know that we're going to be saved, we know this, the preaching of the word of God, how does the preacher know what to say, you have to understand this, you say he, he sent, that's what the word of God says, But you understand what that word sent means? It it implies more than just being, hey, Jerome, go back to the back of the room. It's more than just me obeying a voice. But it's me creating a relationship so I can recognize that voice. Did I just confuse everybody? You've got to be able to recognize the voice of God. If you can't recognize the voice of God, you're not talking to him enough. <sighs> Hallelujah. This is not where I was headed this evening. We may finish these mes- this lesson tonight. I don't know. There's a promise that I. Can- Did you call me? No, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Samuel. Samuel Eli, I know I heard my name. I know I heard you call me, Eli. And Eli said, Go back to bed. And if it comes again, you answer, Hear my Lord, thy servant heareth. And it came again. Samuel, Samuel. And finally, Samuel said, "Okay, Lord, here I am. Thy servant heareth." Samuel wasn't familiar at first, but something changed in Samuel. Something changed for the Merriman. God spoke to Samuel. He told him, "There's a man named Saul that's out looking for his dad's donkeys that have gotten out." And he's going to be by asking if you have heard anything from God about those. And you're going to tell him that he's going to be the king of Israel. And this is the same Samuel that at the beginning, he didn't really understand or he didn't recognize the voice of God. But when God said, go to Jesse's house and I will show you whom I have chosen. And this is the same Samuel that went and told Saul, You follow me? He learned the voice of God. He became familiar with the voice of God. And the bishop can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it's just the pastor's job to hear from God. Do you hear me tonight? It's not just the pastor's job to hear from God. But each and every saint of God should have such a relationship with him. That when he begins to work on your heart, and he says, hey, I, I, I think that it's time to put this aside for a while. I think it's time to do a little fasting for a while. And the pastor hasn't announced it across the pulpit. But God's been working on my heart. And he's saying, Madison, Madison, I want you to take some time and do some consecration for a little while. I want to spend some time with you. Amen. It, It boils down to how much do you want the river of living water to flow out from your life? Maybe this isn't, maybe this is the first and the last anniversary service that I'll ever preach. But I'm telling you tonight, this may not be a a conference message, I I don't care anymore. But I'm telling you tonight, I hear the cry of the Savior saying, If my people will humble themselves and pray. <laughs> you see, it started with the altar. It started with the altar. We hear the preach word of God. We're able to be saved by the preach word of God. But it's because the men of God spend time in the altar that he now knows what he needs to say to me and to you. Amen, that the river of living water shall flow, as Jesus told them in John 7 and 38, he that believeth on me, how do they believe? Through the preach word of God. How can they preach when they are sinned by God? Can we listen to his voice? Can we hear what he has to say? And if we can and we can believe on him uh, as the scripture said uh, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water hallelujah hallelujah Oh let's talk to the Lord for a minute, church. Let's reach out to Him for you. Oh. Jesus came Jesus came to his disciples Mark chapter 14 he's there in this garden of Gethsemane he's praying he's giving it everything he's got he's calling out to God because the flesh is weak the flesh is weak and he's crying out to God he gets up and he goes back to his disciples and he finds them sleeping Mark chapter 14 verse 37 and he said to Peter Simon sleepest thou couldst not thou watch one hour could you not just pray one hour with me through my darkest hour Peter when I need you the most could you not watch one hour? Could you not spend just an hour in prayer when you feel the nudge in the middle of the night saying, Hey, I need you to intervene on somebody's behalf? And in verse number, verse verse number thirty eight he says, Watch ye and pray. Watch ye and pray. Why? Lest you enter into temptation. You see, the spirit truly is wheeling. But the flesh is weak. I don't want a show of hands tonight, but I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to think about it. I know what's going on in this world. Do this. The devils in hell believe it so much more strongly than any of us sitting on these pews tonight. Do you know why I say that? Because they're mad. And they're going at every child of God with every ounce of their being, trying to destroy as many people that have been set free from sin. Brother Brandon Hilton, what... How can we overcome these things? What? Could you not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into temptation. My church is probably going to get so sick and tired of hearing me talk about prayer. I have scheduled our Sunday school around prayer. The next three weeks, we started today, we're talking about prayer. Today we talked about why pray. Next week we're going to be talking about the power of prayer, I think it was. And the next week we're going to go even deeper into prayer and trying to teach our children at a young age because when they become a teenager, they've got to have those principles inside of them. And if they don't have that, they're susceptible to the enemy. And I want to save every child that I possibly can. But I have talked about prayer when they call me and say, "Pastor, what do I do about this situation?" I said, "Well, we need to pray some more about it." They say, but, "But what's the answer? We've got to pray about it. We've got to pray about it. Brother Darren, is that not the truth? We've got to pray about it. You've got to understand something. I'm, I've dealt with folks, not just folks inside my church right now, but folks that are outside of my church talking to them and they say, preacher, how do you overcome sin? How do you keep from, that's too simple. And if I'm being too elementary about it, then Bishop, you tell me, but I'm telling you tonight, do you want the living water to flow in your life? You realize, I'm jumping ahead here. I've got to jump to this portion. Because you realize, this river that flowed from the temple, after it got past the altar, and it began to grow in, in, in massive amounts, in depth, and in width, the Bible began to talk about that it went down to the sea. And it healed the sea. Does anybody know what sea they were talking about? I didn't either until I did some study. (laughs) Amen. And it began I began to realize, brother Brother Labor, that that sea that they're talking about is that famous Dead Sea. Anybody know what the Dead Sea is? It's a Dead Sea. I hear tell that you can go out on that sea. And you won't sink. That's pretty amazing. Because I sink like a rock when I get in water. I'd like to see that. No, that's what I hear too. (laughs) But it's a nasty place, from what I understand. There's no life. Isn't it, is it the fact that there is water flowing into it, but not out? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's a dead spot. <laughs> and the Bible talks about this river flowing from the house of God, from the threshold. But can I put this spin on it? I've already kind of messed it up in my own, using my opinions here. So let me keep on pressing It made it past the altar, right? My question is, what would happen? It says that that river went through the desert. My question is, would it have died out at the desert? Would it have even made it out the gate? Again, this is an application. This is not interpretation, all right? Would it have made it out the gate? But that altar was active. At least it was in the vision. And as I began to think about it, and we already talked about Jesus Christ being the source. If the river in the vision that Ezekiel had can take, Brother Nick, the Dead Sea and bring life to that thing, that's miraculous. That's powerful. I've seen pictures of that place. And from what I could tell, it, it was talking about how fishermen can go out there and throw their nets out and and grab multitudes of fish in the river and in the sea from what I could tell. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. But do you know why it became, came to life? It's simply because the source was able to make it to something that needed life brought to it. Let me jump down. I'm, I'm way ahead of myself, but that's, that's all right. We're going to keep on pressing here. Those things that were dead, they came to life. Amen. In fact, verse 8 in Ezekiel 47, he said, Then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea which being brought forth into the sea the waters shall be healed it made it to the waters it healed the dead sea now there's life there where there was once no life the rivers of living water river touched came to life it's in your Bible. You can read it for yourself. Ezekiel forty-seven and nine. Amen. I, I'm, I'm just going to keep on pressing here because there's there's a place I want to go. I want you to understand when that river of life begins to flow like it should not be flowing. Amen. In the altar, in our life is active. All of a sudden, when when the river is flowing out, everything that it touches comes to life. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not all, folks. That's not all, folks. The Bible goes on. Everything that was dead came to life. Everything that was living has even more life. Amen. But it goes on. And it says that the mary places and the marshes will dry up or become just salt, become unprofitable. Amen. You know what that tells me tonight? That when the river of living water is flowing as it should, those things that have been my messing with my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. He said the miry places and the marshes would become, as it were, salt, they would become unprofitable. And when I begin to think about this, I begin to realize then you know what? That sin that I did in my past, believe it or not, it comes back and it likes to play games with me. What sin are you talking about? You grew up in church. I'm not going to talk to you about it, but I'll tell you, I had plenty of my share of sin. God delivered me. And I can promise you, just because I've been saved and I'm pastoring a church does not mean that temptation does not come. That's a my place. That's what God saved me from. He pulled me out of the marsh. He pulled me Think about it. I was excited because now I know everything that that river touches is coming to life. But Brother Andrew, guess what? Now... Every marsh and my replace that it touches becomes nothing. It becomes unprofitable. Do you know why it becomes unprofitable? Because it has no effect on me anymore. Because I have a river of living water. Oh, hallelujah. I have a river of living water issuing out forth from me. And now, everybody that I come in contact with, if it's flowing properly, and that altar is active in my life, and I'm constantly reaching out to God, and I'm praying like I should be praying, and I'm reaching out to him on a regular basis, that river of life is growing by leaps and bounds, and everybody that I come near should be able to feel the effects of the living living water. The psalmist said this in Psalms 21. Sorry, Psalms 27. Verses 1 through 8. The Lord is my light. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I'm asking you. Why are you worried about that sin? Why are you worried about falling into temptation? If you're truly worried about it. Then I'm worried about your prayer life. I'm telling you tonight, somehow, way, there comes a resolve in somebody that has an active altar. There comes a resolve in somebody that knows how to get a hold of God that says, hey, I don't care if temptation comes, it doesn't have any effect on me. Yeah. The Lord is my light. My salvation, who am I gonna fear? My heart uh, will not I'm sorry, Amen. My heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. Uh, One thing uh, have I desired of the Lord uh, that will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house uh, of the Lord uh, all the days of my life uh, to behold uh, the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire, there it is, there it is, Brother Thompson, to inquire, Brother Burgess, he's still talking about prayer, he's still talking about reaching out to the Lord and communicating with him, and to inquire in his temple. Why? Why in his temple? Because that's where the source came from. Hallelujah. Why is it important that I make it to the house of God? Because that's where my help comes from. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! You can be seated. Hallelujah, I'm not finished yet. I know you wish I was, but I'm not. Hallelujah. Oh my my my! Hallelujah! Sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm almost done. I promise, but I've got to get this last point out. My number one, we found out, brother Jerome, that vision wasn't over with. <laughs> Life came to everything it touched. Everything that bothered them and that was a problem came to naught. Number three. Ezekiel 47 and 11. Sorry, verse, uh, verse 12. And by the river upon the bank thereof on this side and on that side shall shall Grow. Come on. (laughs) And on the bank on this side and on that side he said shall. Does that do anything for anybody? God said it shall happen. And he said it shall grow all trees. But not just any trees. Not just any trees. If it was just any tree, we would be able to cut it down and build a house. We could build whatever we need to. Trees are profitable for that type of thing. But the Bible says... On this side and that shall grow all trees for meat whose leaf shall not fade neither shall the fruit thereof be Those of you that are reading your bible right now shall not be what consumed it's not going to run out it's not running out, Brother Thompson. These trees that are going to grow up, Sister Becca, they're not just going to grow up and spring up for a time and go away. But when that river touches it, you're going to have... is never going to fade away. There's always going to be fruit available to those who need nourishment. Not the end, it said, and it shall bring forth new fruit uh, according to his months uh, because their waters uh, they issued out of the sanctuary. Oh, it's not over yet. He said, He's gonna supply all the fruit that you need, Brother Chad, everything that you need to have nourishment uh, and to uh, live by, you're gonna have it. But he took it a step further. And he goes, this other new fruit that he's talking about. It's going to be there, but it's not going to be there for meat. But that leaf is going to be there for medicine. For medicine. So not only am I going to be able to have my nourishment that I can live. But if I become sick or if I begin to ill at all, I'm going to have something there that's going to be able to be applied to my life that's going to bring life back again. Amen. And it's never going to fade. It's never going to go away. Amen. I'm thankful tonight for the living water. Amen. I'm thankful tonight. Uh, I know, I know that those lost loved ones of mine, as long as I'm praying like I'm supposed to be praying, they're gonna come along. Why? Because they're dead. They're lifeless. They're still in sin. There's things going on in their life that ain't right, but that river of living water is going out from me because I'm talking to God on a regular basis. That's how they're gonna be saved. That sin that I've been dealing with. I have some kind of weakness. I have something to take care of. Hallelujah. But that river has got to flow. That river has got to flow. It's not an option here anymore. We've got to have a river that's not stagnant. Not a river that goes off somewhere and has no place to affect anybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha. Ha. Sister Becky, come. The Psalm is said in Psalms chapter number 37. You can stay standing. I'm almost done. Amen. The psalmist said in Psalm 37. The steps of a good man, they are ordered by God. And that he delighteth in his way. Right. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his right hand. With his hand, uh, I have been young, uh, he said, and I now am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Not one time. In my short 31 years, Brother Thompson, have I seen one righteous man go without so much that he couldn't make it. Some days I wondered if I was going to make it. But you know what? It taught me something. You know what it taught me? It's another song. It said, I look unto the hills from whence cometh. My help is the Lord. Ha (laughs) ha. My I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Job said, behold, I go forward. He's not there. I went backward. I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot find him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But you know what? All that Job went through, there was still a river flowing there was still a river flowing. How do I know? Because at the end, he came through. Not. Just because you feel like your ceiling, your your prayers hit the ceiling. I can promise you he hears every word that you say. Say, how can you say that with such assurance? I'm not one to drag, drag, drag this back down, but I will tell you this from experience. I went, I want to say, almost two months. I came in this place day, night after night. I Remember, we didn't have this big old platform. And this, we had that round part. My favorite place to pray was in that corner over there. And I spent some times, And Dad... I can tell you right now, there was almost two months' time that every time I prayed, Pastor, I didn't feel nothing. I didn't know where he was. I was 15 years old. Dad, you remember that night? I came home from work. It was 10 o'clock. At night. This was the end of that time period. Pastor, my dad and my mom were both there. My dad heard me pull in. And I didn't have to open the door that night. Dad had the door standing open. And I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. But it'd been two months. I'm not asking for sympathy. I just, I didn't feel it anymore. I felt like he gave up on me. I felt like I was done. And so I had made up in my mind, I'm going to make as much money as I can, and I'm going to sell myself out to being a businessman, 15 years old. And I got in the house that night, and my dad didn't let me even walk two steps in the house, and he said, son, I'm concerned about you. I said why dad or even while we were sleeping tonight you wouldn't make it to heaven I got upset I did I said you don't know what you're talking about I've been at the church praying every every night this week or <clears throat> trying my best to find God dad said son I know in my spirit that you're not going to make it he said and it's bothering me so much we're not going to bed until we've made it through again and you want to know something because of my father that night saying son shake yourself I went to bed that night knowing of a surety I was going to make it to heaven that night There was a river flowing out from somebody pastor and it reached out and it touched this young man and I can't say thank you enough to my mom and dad and my pastor for loving me enough to allow the river that was flowing out of them to affect my life You see, I was dead, and I was heading to a devil's hell that night. But because I came in contact with the living water, one more time, life came inside of me. I don't know what you're facing here this evening. And I'm not telling you you're not gonna make it to heaven if it comes tonight. But I am asking you, when's the last time that you fall on your face until you break through? When's the last time that you allow the river to begin to flow rapidly from your soul? I'm not here to condemn one person. But I'm here to promise you if that river begins to flow again, there is so much potential in your life. Don't give up. Keep on praying. Because prayer is your only strength. Prayer is your only hope. These altars are open tonight if you want to find a place to pray. If you want that river to begin to flow rapidly again. These altars are open for you this night. Oh, don't give up, child of God. You've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. You can begin that river flowing tonight. It begins at the altar. It begins at the altar. Why don't we all find a place to pray for a little while tonight. Let's talk to the Lord for a little bit.